Genesis 10, 8 through 10, and then we'll jump to Genesis 11. Are you ready? All right. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel or Babel, and Erech and Akkad and Kalna and the land of Shinar. Are you with me? Let's go to Genesis 11, just a little, maybe the next page in your Bible. 11 verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had slime for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. That's important. And the Lord came down himself. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, the Bible says, from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. I want to preach to you today from this title, from this viewpoint, holy unity. Holy unity. If you would, one more time, would you put your Bibles down behind you? Would you pray with me now? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for every good and perfect thing because I know that it comes from you. I pray that you would anoint my mind and my heart, that you would speak through me today. Your already anointed word that is established. I pray, Lord, that you would open the minds and the hearts of people, that the word would be delivered on fertile soil, ready to take root and then give harvest, I pray. Lord, have your way in this house. Bless everybody. Keep us in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. As you're being seated, would you clap your hands as loud as you possibly can? Would you do it together now? (laughs) It is amazing what happens when people get together in unity of purpose. When a group of people are in one mind and one accord, it's simply amazing what they are able to accomplish. The Lord himself had to come down and check out a tower of Babel. He came down and checked it out in verse 5 of chapter 11 in Genesis because they were getting the job done. They were accomplishing a task that almost seemed impossible to the casual bystander. Genesis 11.5 says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. 
They were getting the job done, ladies and gentlemen, with inferior materials. It's important that you know that. They were getting the job done with the wrong method. That's another key there. And they were getting the job done with the wrong motive. Are you with me today? But they were getting the job done. Genesis 11.3, and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. The materials were brick and slime, man's materials. Instead of stone and mortar, God's materials. The method was to build a tower that would reach to the heavens or that the top of that tower would be like heaven, if you will. In all actuality, it was occultism. It was satanic influenced, and it was built by a rebel named Nimrod. Nimrod was the son of Cush, the great grandson of Ham, who was the first, of, uh, first son of Noah. God decides to flood the earth, cleanse it, and start over with Noah and his family. It's amazing to see how characteristics are passed down from father to son, one after the other, generation to generation. We see it even here today, the people sitting to your left and to your right, whether it be mannerisms or the inflection in your voice, the pronunciation of words or maybe physical features, all of us resemble someone in our families in some way. Noah himself portrayed characteristics that you see passed down to the generations that would follow him. In fact, it all started with Noah after the flood. From his work ethic and follow-through characteristics to maybe the most important one of all, the love and the fear he had for God. We see a few of those characteristics passed down to his great-great-grandson Nimrod. He received the hard work ethic and dedication gene, but missed out on the most important of all characteristics. Nimrod did not fear the Lord, much less hear his voice. After all, the Bible states that he is a mighty one on the earth and a great hunter before the Lord. Maybe it was the story of the great flood that was told by his father and grandfather before him that struck bitterness and resentment towards the Lord in the heart of Nimrod. Ah, yes, bitterness. The slayer and destroyer of many great men and women. It almost always starts small but quickly blossoms and soon takes root of a heart like weeds in a garden. Their motives in the building of that tower were to make a name for themselves and not a name for God. But God had to come down and check it out. Are you with me today? And in verse 6, the Lord says that they are going to do whatever they imagine in their minds to do. They are not going to be stopped, the Lord said. And the reason they were not going to be stopped is because the people are as one. I said the people are as one. They had one language. They had one speech. They had one motive. And they had one purpose. I'm telling you here today, and this is what I've come to preach to you. If unholy unity, ladies and gentlemen, gets God's attention, what will holy unity do? I want to tell you something here today. There are very few things that get God's attention like that of unity. 
Nimrod and his clan were unified, but their unification came in the form of unholiness. And God still could not keep himself from them. He went himself, the Bible says, to check out on this band of unified rebels. We know that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible declares it to be so. David said in Psalm 22 and 3, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our praise creates a place for the spirit of the Lord to inhabit or to fill. Now we find here in Genesis 11 that the spirit of unity has a praise aspect to it. I like to think of it as praise being the house or the home and unity being the vibrant, brightly colored furniture. The color of unity is so bright you can hear it. It's a floodlight that shines before the Lord of hosts. It is almost as though unity arrests God's attention. He was so enamored with the vision and the follow through of this group of people that he has to go down and check them out himself. He did not send a representative. He did not send an archangel, but he went himself to check out this group of people. This powerful spirit of unity that Nimrod and his followers had in Genesis 10 and 11 captured. It arrested the attention of the Lord. Almighty God knew that they could not be stopped by any mortal king, army, or power of the age. So we see the Lord do something that only he can. We find the only true and living God simply being who he is. His perfect nature and unmatched character is on display for all to see. The master of all creation, the heavenly artist, is painting a picture that will not come to fruition until the New Testament. It's an incomplete work. The Lord dispersed their languages. He made them start speaking all different languages. And the languages were not regrouped until there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it appeared unto them as cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. What God dispersed in Genesis 11. He brought back together by the infilling of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. We're almost there. The Lord knew, ladies and gentlemen, that the unity of language was so important that what he once dispersed, he would have to bring back together. The only difference is he added a heavenly element. The Lord knew that there would come a day when he would give his children one language. He's given us one speech here today. Can you see it now? Can you see it? We have been given the divine ability to have holy unity. That holy unity is the Holy Ghost. The proof of that Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. The great all-knowing God that we serve today knew way back in the beginning of time that there would come a day when His church would have to be as one. So He took a simple principle and He added His spiritual element and now His people cannot 
cannot be stopped. New Life Fellowship is the people that are as one. If you have the Holy Ghost, evidence in speaking in other tongues, you know, you now have a bond that cannot be broken. You now have a superpower that cannot be taken away or revoked. The God we serve does not remove his calling. We now have no excuses. I am here today to declare that New Life Fellowship Church family possesses the spirit of holy unity. We have been chosen for such a time as this. We are a city set on a hill that cannot, I declare, will not be hid with holy unity. There is nothing we cannot do. If So if you're not re- already, let's start talking the same talk. Let's start walking the same walk. I'm here to declare to somebody today, when you're filled with the spirit of the Lord, you've been grafted into his family. There's nothing that can set you apart. There's nothing that can remove it from your life. When you begin to speak in other tongues, you've been given something that cannot be removed by mortal man. God himself will not remove it because he's riding on the hearts of his people. It's a permanent thing. Come on, put your hands together, everybody. The Lord is here. God has already shown us that unity arrests his attention like nothing else. Scour your Bible, research it, study it, look through it. I encourage you. God is here today and he is checking us out. I pray you receive the word today. It's time for you to get all the way into this thing. It's time for you to jump in with both feet today. I'm here to preach to those, I'm here to preach to the down and outers, those who feel like they have nothing to offer, those who think that their family name is ruined, they have no lineage. I'm here to declare to you today that with the infilling of the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name, you are given the greatest lineage that's ever been created in all of human history. Your name is now Jesus. You've got Jesus applied to your life today. With holy unity, there is nothing we cannot do. In prayer this week, I was praying and typing and doing whatever I could to assemble this message. And as I began praying, the Lord began speaking to me and I began putting it down here exactly how he spoke it to me. And so I want to share it with you here today, not as arrogance or some flashy move, but just so that you know that God still speaks to his people. With holy unity, ladies and gentlemen, 300 connected families, and this is what he said, check. New sanctuary for souls and for, uh, for, for souls and people of this community. Check. Soul winning, soul winning and ministering life groups. Check. Thriving children's ministry. Check. Youth group full of next generation pillars of the church. Check. Direct li- or, uh, uh, life, uh, life group ministry through the food pantry. Check. Overwhelming anointing of God in your life. Check. So the question begs to be asked here today. What 
what box do you need checked here today? Maybe family, check that box. Prodigals, check that box. Finances, check. Health, check. Salvation, check. Direction, wisdom, knowledge, check. There is nothing that cannot be achieved when we come together in holy unity. There is no box that should be left unchecked. There is no home that should be left without his spirit. There is no individual that should be kept from his glory because with holy unity, there is nothing we can't do. We have captured the Lord's attention, not just today, but in weeks prior, years prior, the Lord visits us continually. The only difference is we have the same speech that was given by God. And when the Lord shows up, He brings everything He is. We now take God with us everywhere we go. He lives inside of you and me. And He's already to do the work. Or He's ready to do the work if we are willing and our hearts are connected. Job 36 and 26. I love this. It says, Behold, God is great. And we know him not. Neither can the number of his years be searched out. Let me just tell you. You know, Job is spelled like a job. J-O-B. And before praise is a joy, sometimes it feels more like a job. Sometimes. I've praised the Lord when I didn't feel like it. And I know many of you have done the same. But the job turns into a joy when you keep praising Him. There's only two times to praise the Lord. I love this because it's so simple. The only two times you should praise the Lord is when you feel like it and when you don't. But if you will get started, that job will transform into joy. And great peace have they that love thy law. Verse 27 says this, For he makes small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? We learned a principle in school. I'm sure that you've learned it as well. There is a rain cycle. The sun attracts vapors from oceans, rivers, lakes, and streams. And those vapors rise and form clouds. Then the clouds fill and cool and condense. And they lower and they send back rain. And rain is how plants grow. And rain is how the seeds that have been planted grow. And God sends back rain according to the vapor. Do we really want revival in our church today? Now, I'm, I'm, not against of any, I'm not against any kind of organization. We are very organized, and I'm thankful. But sometimes you've got to set everything aside and say, as for me and my house, we are going to praise the Lord. There isn't anything that will work, ladies and gentlemen, like praising God. Some of you have planted seeds, and you haven't seen any signs of life yet. But you've got to send something up to get something back. With a little bit of praise and the right amount of nurturing and care, you're going to see that seed start to sprout in the name of Jesus. If you will get inside this house, I hope you hear me today, and attach yourself to this godly body of people, that seed that's been planted will now start to receive a spiritual unified watering. What you thought was dead once upon a time will sprout and bring forth fruit because your praise calls 
the rain to fall. Oh, I hope you hear me today. Maybe you're in a dry season. I know how it goes, but don't stop praising him now. Rain is on the way. Don't give up now. You've come too far and held on too long to just quit and give up now. We're right at the beginning here. I want to preach to you today. This is not the pinnacle. We're not at the summit yet. We haven't seen everything God's going to give us yet. We're still climbing and fighting on a daily basis, but don't give up now. The peak is just a few steps away what you've planted what you've given to God what you've given is going to be harvested in the name of Jesus but you've got to send something up to get something back look at the people God has strategically placed in your life I can't begin to praise the Lord without your faces coming to my mind stick it in my brain The Lord has blessed me and my family. The Lord has blessed us here because he's surrounded us with a diverse group of people that on a daily and weekly, monthly and yearly basis, time after time, are here to love and pray and fast and nurture and give and uplift and encourage and strengthen This doesn't happen everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking just about churches, but I'm talking about the world in general. What we experience here does not happen everywhere. In fact, the society and world we live in today is so polar opposite of the word of God. They're saying that you should just be yourself and do whatever makes you feel happy and don't give anything up. Keep everything to yourself and live a blessed life and live a wholesome life. But that's not what the word of God says. The word of God says, to give up everything give everything that you have the only thing you should pick up is your cross and as you begin to make that walk that transition in your life God is going to begin to instill in you principles and properties and the ability and strength and pray God the anointing so that when someone else comes alongside of you when you open up your mouth and begin to speak it's the anointed word of God It's holy unity, ladies and gentlemen. You've walked right into it here today. Welcome. This is your family. Welcome. You're important here. Welcome. I need you. Welcome. We need you here today. Holy unity. Pastor Shock said it a few weeks ago. He said it and it tattooed to my brain immediately. He said, look around you. There's professional tillers and cultivators everywhere you turn. I immediately thought of Sierra. Always digging at me. I'm sorry. I don't, this is my chance. I got the microphone. Baby, I love you. But, you know, from the abundance of the heart. No, I won't say that. I'm sorry. Pride and bitterness are an incredible thing. It's the silly story, I'm sure you've heard it, of the man who's trapped in a flood, standing on the roof of his house. Praise Lord, send somebody to save me. Come save me. Helicopter comes by, big megaphone. Sir, grab a hold of the ladder. No, I don't need you. The Lord's going to save me. Sir, grab the ladder. Nope, Lord's got it. Pray in Jesus, I know you are able. 
Do the work, Lord. Manifest yourself right here. Let it be a chariot of fire. Big ship comes by. Sir, climb aboard. We're here to help you. We've gathered people from the surrounding area. We were able to make it to you, but hurry. The water's continuing to rise. You don't have much longer. No, I'm good. The Lord's going to save me. Sad part of the story is he drowns. He makes it to the face of the Father. He gets to heaven. He says, I thought you were going to save me. I prayed. I fasted for three hours. I did everything you, you, that I was taught to do. I called upon your name. I praised you. I glorified you. I created a place for you. And I died right there. And he said, yeah, you dummy. I sent a helicopter and a boat. Sometimes we can get so caught up thinking that we have to hear or see from God in a certain way that we forget those that God has surrounded us with. There's a holy unity in this house today. Some of you have experienced things, tragedies, loss, incredible, terrifying things, but you've come out on the other side and God's given you a testimony. I want you to know today your testimony means something to me. When you can come up alongside of me and say, hey, I've been right there. I've been the lowest of the low, but look where I am right now. It's not great, but I'm better than I was. I want you to know here today, God needs you. Every single person under the sound of my voice, those tuning in online, I want you to know you have a place in the kingdom. You have the ability and the forethought to do a great work for God but don't pin him in don't box him in somewhere allow him to use you right where you are and affect the lives of people right where he stationed you here in Terre Haute, Indiana I hope you hear this word today there's something that gets the Lord's attention everybody and it's unity but more than unity it's holy unity we serve a God who is still interacting with his people and so I don't know about you but I'm going to start walking the same walk and talking the same talk because I know with unity everything follows Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell about Jesus' ascension to the Mount of Transfiguration and every previous chapter to those Jesus was messed up with Pharisees and Sadducees and the reign of Herod Herod really bugged Jesus he got him a little bit And so Jesus needed an interaction with someone that had a unifying spirit. Jesus says, I've got to go to yonder mountain. Peter, James, John, do you want to come with me? Jesus only took three because he couldn't risk some of the disciples having a bad spirit. So the four of them begin to make their way up Transfiguration Mountain, Transfigured Mountain. When they send something up, Or when you send something up and you're unified, ladies and gentlemen, with the right people, look what happens. They get up there and the Lord starts praising and his face changes and his garments change and look what shows up. Here it is. Are you ready? Mark 9, 2 through 9. I'm going to read the NIV version. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. 
Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and the voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Jesus, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, Get to the top of the mountain. All of a sudden, two men show up. Moses and Elijah. Are you with me today? If God could have come himself, he would have, but he can't because he's a spirit, so he sent the best he had. He sent a cloud. Who is on the top of this mountain? You've got to ask yourself this now. Moses, Elijah, and the cloud. Jesus had Peter, he had James, and he had John. Jesus is now at the top of Mount Transfiguration and look what shows up. Don't tell me praise and holy unity doesn't work. If Jesus can go to yonder mountain and praise and this show up, what will show up when you praise with a group full of of like-minded people, people with the same purpose, the same speech, the same motive? Look what shows up. Here it is, everybody. Are you ready? Moses shows up. Bible called him the king of Jeshurun. Bible called him the deliverer, the lawgiver. Need an advocate? Need deliverance? Need a king in your life? If you start praising and have unity, look what shows up. Elijah shows up. Elijah represented the miracles. Need a raven to feed you? Need a widow at Zarephath to touch you? Need the dead to be raised to life? I hope you get with it here today. The cloud shows up and the cloud came. Need a Holy Ghost baptism? Need some rain? Need power? Need strength? Need a unified spirit? Want the holy unifying gift of the Holy Ghost? Praise Him. Get together with somebody close to you. Magnify the King and look what shows up. Here it is. This is who Jesus brought with him. These are the people that are here with you today. We here with you and I today. We have disciples all across this house. Peter, the first preacher in Pentecost was there. Need a message? Then Peter said unto them, "Repent, be baptized." Come on. James was there. Pastored 87,000 people in Jerusalem. Need a growing church? John. John the revelator. Need a little revelation? Need a word? Need direction? Wisdom? Knowledge? Understanding? When we praise, ladies and gentlemen, and get unified one to another, when you choose to love the person next to you, I'm not talking about falling in love. That's a bunch of phony business that the world is made up. When you fall into something, you can get out of it. You can fall out of it. But when you choose to love somebody, it's work every day. But the more you choose to love them, the greater you can rejoice with them when they achieve and when sacrifices come to fruition and when a seed begins to grow and a thought turns into a message and a message turns into a sermon, and a sermon turns into an anointed word of God. Yes. When you're climbing your mountain with the right people, you'll lose the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herods, and you'll get Moses, Elijah, and Peter, James, John, and the whole thing. But even after this incredible account, I love that story. But even after an incredible encounter with the Spirit of the Lord, this same group of called out men are encountered 
with a young demon-possessed boy. Now watch it here. We're going to go through it together. It's an incredible thing. Mark 9, 14 through 16. Now help me. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? Jesus has now reconnected with the rest of his disciples. Peter, James, and John have just had the experience of a lifetime. Are you with me? And this is the first thing that meets them. Mark nine seventeen. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and, and pinneth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Are you with me now? Are you with me? We're going to read that last part again. I spake to, the, to thy disciples, these standing before you, that they should cast him out, and they could not do it. <laughs> 22 and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and unto the waters to destroy him but if thou canst do anything have compassion on us and help us Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth and straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help thine mind unbelief when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him score and came out of, of him and he was as one dead. Insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he, when, uh, when he was come unto the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Within a short amount of time, these three disciples are taken from a spiritual high to suddenly plummeting down the side of a mountain right back into the face of adversity. The word of God is written in form for a reason, everyone. Everything that has been penned serves a very distinct purpose. God's anointed word does not possess random verbiage or extra words to simply fill a page, but every word has meaning and clarity. Peter, James, and John are immediately faced with not just a demon, but the devil has chosen to possess a young child. The first thing they are encountered, or they have, they have encountered, was a child that the devil wanted to bind. And the reason that the devil possessed a young child is because because everyone has a childlike spirit. Are you with me here today? Anybody? Praise God. New Life Fellowship can be the mount. But when we leave here, we can run into a child that the enemy wants to bind. That's you and me. Now, I didn't say a childish spirit. But instead, a childlike spirit. Your childlike spirit is where your joy derives from. It's what puts a spring in your step and a smile on your face. It gives you an attractive spirit. My three-year-old son, Graylin, gets joy from the simplest things in life. It doesn't take much for him to express real, sincere joy and excitement. The enemy of our soul is cunning, however. 
He knew that these three disciples had just experienced on Transfigured Mountain with Jesus or what they had experienced on Transfigured Mountain. And he knew the unity and the empowerment that had been given to them based on what they had just witnessed. So the enemy possesses a young boy because he knew that if he would confront them with a past failure or a situation they could not overcome, then he would destroy everything that just transpired on Transfigure Mountain. Are you with me here today? I am here to preach this right now. All of us in this room come from a different background. We have different backgrounds. We have had different upbringings. Multiple generations of people are represented here today. Some of us have been attending New Life Fellowship for a long time. And some of us haven't been a part of this church for very long. However... Regardless of your upbringing or how long you have been serving the Lord, your true newfound joy should have started the day you received the Holy Ghost. We have the same spirit, everybody. Somebody has got to help me with this joy thing. Once you and I have received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we have then been given the keys to holy unity. No. We have been grafted into a beautiful heritage. You now have the name of the Lord applied to your life and there is nothing the enemy can do about it. And so he tries to attack our joy. He wants to erase your childlike spirit. We cannot let the childlike spirit be bound in us. We have the same spirit. Our methods are the same. We have the same motives and the same purpose. If the enemy can get us divided against one another, then he can erase everything that happened on your yonder mountain. I'm here today to say no. I need you. I need everybody here. I need every last person in this room watching online. Every person tuning in with holy unity. There is nothing we can't do. It doesn't matter what the devil sends against you. It doesn't matter what you weren't able to do yesterday when you're unified and you're selected with the right group of people. The people that are in this house. There is nothing that we cannot accomplish. Put your hands together everybody. If you would, would you stand with me all across the house? <clears throat> My job places me in the homes of a lot of people. There are times it's obscure, but it's an incredible process that happens. On a daily basis, I'm in two or three homes all across, really, the state of Indiana into Illinois a little bit, just about wherever they'll send me. And so you come across people in all walks of life, all denominations, all different types of people, and that's really the part of the job that I enjoy the most because I enjoy people. And I'm there to do a job, but sometimes I get caught up in befriending somebody. I I probably need to do better. I can do better. I will do better. But when Sister Amanda stood up here a few weeks ago now and started talking about giving what we already have, giving what was in your hands, what is in your hands, I don't know how your brain operates, but for me it was 
the bank accounts that I have cataloged in my brain. What do I have here? What safety net account do I have there? What's in the savings? What's in that checking account or that account or the myriad of accounts that I have? And what can I give? Okay, now that's probably not enough because that's the first thing that came to mind. So I'll pray, get with Sierra and we'll figure it out. We had a conversation and as we began to pray, course of a few days and seeking God, wanting, Lord, I don't know if you should even give us an amount. We're going to give and it's not going to be the same amount week to week. It's not going to be the same amount day to day. I'm not, I'm not going to pencil you in. I'm not going to box you in. I'm, I'm just going to give. And through that prayer time, Sierra and I began talking and the Lord spoke something into my spirit and revealed it to me. Uh, for me, it was all monetary. It was the amount of money I have in my bank accounts or the assets that I have, looking around, finding out what, can I, what, what assets can I liquidate? What can I get rid of to give? And the Lord spoke a simple word to me and, and I, I wanna share it with you here today. It's, we have to be careful not to get caught up just on what we have monetarily. But I firmly believe this, that when Sister Amanda spoke that word, it goes far beyond how much you make on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly paycheck, but it's also the people that, are, that is in your life. Not just those sitting next to you, but those you work with on a daily basis. I have the unique ability to be in contact with some very influential people and incredible people. And the Lord convicted my spirit in that moment and it would be silly for me not to capitalize on who I know. I may not know them very well or they may not know me and that's my fault. And I'll do better at that. But giving others the opportunity to give, not just monetarily, but giving them the opportunity to be blessed in a way that they've never been blessed before. For a door to be open to somebody that simply didn't exist. We don't just serve a God who opens doors. We serve a God who creates doors. He really does make a way where there isn't a way. It really does happen. It's, he really does the impossible. Because that's just who he is. There's no thought process to that. He, if, his, if his children need it and they're ready for it, he gives it to them. And so I'm encouraging you here today to, to broaden, if you haven't already, broaden your thought process the way you think, the people you come in contact with on a daily basis. I'm not up here to do some giving type of campaign. This isn't a charity. That's not why I'm here. I don't need to do that. The Lord has it anyway. But I do want to challenge you here today to get others involved that even you may think that they would never be interested, but it could be the door that God is providing and opening for a blessing to be given to them that they're desperately needing and haven't shared with anyone else. But when they give, I believe that God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that they cannot contain. Not just money, ladies and gentlemen, but I do believe health and mental durability, the relief of stress. We have way too many people walking around with tons of anxiety and there's depression running rampant everywhere and people have lost their jobs and they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. That is the huge door that has been presented to New Life Fellowship. And the beauty of that entire process is we are unified. 
There's a place for people to come and be loved, to be fulfilled, not just with worship, but with the word, with the shepherd that God has given us, with the men and women that sacrifice yourselves on a weekly basis. How be it for us to keep this from people in our community, from our bosses, from our coworkers, our peers, our friends, people we don't know. I'm challenging you here today to expand your territory and invite those who have yet to make a decision to, be, to come into where we are, to this unified place. You can be unified outside of here. That's exactly what the Holy Ghost is for. God said, you don't have to come to one place anymore. There's not going to be a select group of people that can approach me. When the veil was torn and rent from top to bottom, historic scholars say that it was rent in such a way that it was like sifting sand. It was impossible to put the veil back together. It wasn't just a tear that could be sewn one side to the other, but he literally disintegrated what stood in between you and I, him and us. And now we carry him with us everywhere we go. And it's your obligation to share it with everybody you come in contact with. And through that, I believe that the blessings will not just pour into this church, but into your life, and it just might save you and your family. Holy unity. Would you close your eyes with me? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be among your people. I pray, oh God that you would leave this place with us, that you would go with us. I know that you will. I pray that we would now become more tentative to your voice and to your spirit, that we would let your word be a lamp unto our feet, that we would be confident and be given the boldness by those who we've surrounded ourselves with to take the next step, to give a little more, to do a little more, to spend a little more time in prayer and fasting and study and relationships and all the things that are set before us continue to keep us safe. I pray a hedge of protection around every person in this house, every man and every woman be with us as we leave here this evening and the rest of this week. I thank you, Lord, so much. In Jesus' name I pray and everyone said amen.